Haunted Age, Journey to the West, uh, the introduction for Season 1. Uh, I am Devin, the referee, and to my left we have X playing Y. Nicole playing Thaco. Uh She is... No, no, that, that's good. Alright. Tyler playing Jacqueline, a.k.a. Lumberjane. And Peter as the Shadow. Perfect. Alright, we are in July 2020? Yep. Or July 2020, right? And let's uh, get into it. So we are playing a pet monster game called The Haunted Age. It's kind of an in-house setting that uh, myself and I guess Nicole have been working on for a little while now. Um, just workshopping ideas, drawing from like previous games we've had over our gaming career. And the pitch is, imagine Earth um, sometime in the future, but you know, uh, more modern, maybe a few generations down the line where people tried to solve a lot of the world's issues with a terraforming project that got loose on Earth and totally changed the world's ecosystem. Um, the original kind of meta pitch was, how do you go from Earth now to a world of Pokemon where everyone dog fights, and how do you not make it a total goddamn nightmare? Um, and we, we pretty much figured that out. So without getting into like, the nitty-gritty details of the setting, because I think we're actually building like, a little dock or PDF for that, um, the animals are basically escaped terraforming creatures that wiped out the local ecosystem and replaced with themselves because they adapt really quick. So cows are gone, but you still got cows. You know, dogs are gone, you still got dogs. They're pretty much fine. Um, Same with, uh, like, the plants, too. Yeah. Like, the trees were eventually outgrown, which trees do in the wild, though. They'll, they'll outcompete each other and take over, so trees have largely been co-opted. Basically, anything that's alive that isn't a person has been replaced by the terraforming critter, because terraforming critters can't beat gun. Um, yeah, because these creatures are so hard for survival, when kids started keeping us pets, eventually they started to interpret the kids' imagination as a survival mechanism. It allowed them to tap into science people don't get, and now they can do impossible things. Not every animal in the world can. One's owned by pets, or one's owned by trainers as pets can. Trainer being the operative word because eventually people started monster fighting them. And this caused a whole fun little ruckus where kids ran away from home, magic pets were outlawed, there were a division of people that would go and try and track them down and like get rid of those pets. It caused an entire generation of kids to not live at home and be homeless and wander the world. But the world is strange and alien now. There's no more defined map. Like, large parts of the continent have been rehabilitated across the entire planet. So if you go up to Alberta, there's like forest everywhere and the plains of like, Saskatchewan are like covered in greenery. Uh, urban destruction zones are like dumps and wastelands have been reclaimed by nature and turned into verdant lush like rainforests and stuff. And there's animals everywhere. And ecological niches that had long since uh, stopped being there have returned. Like, if you go to Alberta, there are dinosaurs, there, there are stegosaurus, there are velociraptors, whatever you want. Uh, you find abominable snowmen or yetis or whatever out in the north. You can find Loch Ness monsters all around. Like, I think in BC, we've got Ogopogo. Uh, so yeah, the world's strange. People don't really talk. The internet isn't really a thing anymore because it's a lot harder to do satellite communication with all the strange and weird energies that are out there. So everything's a lot more localized. And what is happening in the world is a lot more unknown. You know, you kind of get an idea of what's going on a few towns over. You kind of uh, get an idea of what's happening maybe in your province or state. But after that, it's all a guessing game. Uh, a lot of people go on road trips. They'll travel around. They'll bring data drives with them. They'll trade information. Folks still make YouTube shows and like are creative. And people will pick that up and bring it to other places. They're, they're sort of like a, you know, do-it-yourself swap meets. 
thing going on with the world. What do you call it? Sneakernet? Yeah. Yeah. Um, technology is largely the same, except there's a, a sort of abstract post-scarcity to it. People have things called makers or do-it-yourself stations in towns. The, the modern city doesn't really have cars or roads anymore. It's mostly like walkways and you know footpaths for pedestrians. Uh, a lot of buildings have been repurposed to be like agricultural buildings because the terraforming plants are real great at growing and being nutritious. So it's a world where people have what they need and most most don't really want for things as far as like the bare necessities go. And that's sort of changed the succeeding generations. The oldest generation alive right now are millennials. Um, they're still kicking. Their age isn't really constrained by the ages we're constrained by now because medicine has progressed and so is taking care of people. So living to your 90s, it isn't that hard now. It's a lot easier then, like in the future. Plus, you know, with all these monsters roaming around, there's some that can heal or whatever. So. I kind of folded that all up into, yeah. you know, technology has changed and so has the world. And have you mentioned the fact that it's not illegal anymore? No, I, I'm getting there. Okay. So, um, what was I saying? Um, millennials. Yeah, so millennials are basically the oldest living generation that's still around. There's a couple others after that that are kind of defined not by one single time period, but more like what they went through as a fallout of the terraforming creatures changing the world. So the millennials are from the old world, they didn't know any of this at all and freaked out a lot when it happened because they already were living through a couple generations of stress at the time. Uh, their children were the children that ran away from home when pets were outlawed because pets turned into raving super cool supernatural creatures like dragons or teleporters or weird tele telepathic critters. Um, but they eventually had kids, and those kids are around now, and that's, I think, mostly the generation that we're playing in this game. Uh, but it's not really a time period, you know, there are states and countries and provinces in the world that still don't allow pets to exist and still allow to hunt them, but it's sporadic. The intent behind this setting, listener, is that I didn't want to have to go and research a bunch of different cultures and get them wrong because I don't know anything about anything. So the world is supposed to be soft. It's supposed to be malleable at the edges. It's supposed to be a world where if you know your hometown, you know your culture, you know the history, and you know how people would react to the changes the book presents that happened worldwide, you can build kind of the culture that exists now from it. And, you know, whatever we're gonna pitch when we put it in a PDF will just be there. You know, it'll, it'll be a nice framework to kind of get you, get you to from where we are now to where you are in the Haunted Age, as it's called. And it's called the Haunted Age because the world is full of ghosts. Um, there are strange things everywhere, and most of the adults you encounter just don't acknowledge it, and they just kind of move on. And like, if you lived through the pandemic, um, I think you're pretty used to that by now. <laughs> Weirder and wilder things keep happening, and we just kind of keep trucking on and not being surprised by it anymore. Like, like when, when people talk about how in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, no new vampires are around, people knew, they ignored it. They just let it go. World of Darkness, Chronicles of Darkness, they all talk about this phenomenon. It's not like this far out there win for writing supernatural stories. People in real life will just gloss right over something strange as quick as they can and paper over it and move on. So you have weird things all around the world. You know, if you're a kid and you're used to this because you grew up in it, you're going to see giants on the horizon. You're going to see things walking on the ocean that look strange. You're going to notice that the seasons pass differently in some parts of your province and in different others. You'll notice that weird, weird 
astrological effects make the sun go down at different times in different parts of the world, you know, in the same local area where it shouldn't. And if you ask the adults, they just kind of ignore it. They just kind of move on. They don't care. Nothing's surprising them. They're not curious. They just want to live their lives, and their lives are a lot more peaceful now, which is the, the, the big kind of thing about making the oldest generation millennials. I, we personally know that the generation now is going through shit. So if you gave them an out, where it's like, hey, everything's pretty much perfect. Um, dinosaurs are back. Ignore it. There are mothmen in the forest. Sometimes, you know, you see weird cave things, or sometimes you see, like, aliens. But they're not aliens. They're just animals that look weird. You just ignore it. You know what? Take it. You just, just don't stare the gift horse in the mouth. Things are better now. And that's kind of the pitch for the haunted age. It's, it's a world that has... It's suffering from the, the trauma of that previous generations have gone by. So the, the, the millennials, like the oldest generation, like their trauma still reverberates through, through how they panicked when monsters went supernatural. That generation, the lost generation, the ones that ran away from home, they're still dealing with the fact that they lived on their own for a while and their parents tried to get rid of their best friend. And the current ones, the kids that are growing up now, who didn't go through either of those two things, they just see a weird world that no one's really interested in exploring. Like, the map is unwritten, and there aren't any explorers from the previous generations really going out and making a concerted effort to figure it all out. And that's because it's haunted for the previous generations. They're going through stuff. Um, the thing with your pet is, it's an animal. Like, it could have been a dog, a cat, a fish, a velociraptor, you know, one of the weird new animals, like flying jellyfish or a cloud or something made of, like, microbes. You hung out with it and it eventually bonded with you and eventually went strange and supernatural, but that thing has an empathic link to you. It, it knows what you want and it knows what you feel better than anyone else does. It, it, can, it can kind of pick up on your feelings. That, those feelings fuel it. And uh, that's one of the reasons kids ran away from home. This, this, was like your, this was like a best friend. It was your dog and your parents wanted to get rid of it. And that's uh, traumatic, you know? Anything I didn't cover? Uh, I don't know if he talked about the fact that fighting makes them stronger. Yeah, well, basically because kids internalize, like, Pokemon stuff as a fun thing, they start fighting their pets, and because the terraforming creatures were designed... The terraforming creatures were designed to make Earth a... were designed to make Mars a humanized habitat, not an Earth habitat. One for people. That was kind of the bare-level code of how they were made. So every animal in the world has friendliness genes. The thing that dogs have to make them want to hang out with you for extended periods of time. So the animals just kind of picked up that kids would want to fight them to have cool Pokemon fights and they get better from it. They get stronger. They regenerate really fast. They get healthy. You don't ever really put a horse down anymore for breaking a leg. You just let it sleep it off for a few days and it's fine. Animals are a lot more resilient than they used to be and they don't really die of old age the way they used to. You know, animals living 30, 40 years, even like mice or shrew or fruit flies, that's normal depending on how well you take care of it, how often humans interact with it and like raise it. And the super long-lived ones, like tortoises, they haven't died yet. <laughs> the, 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 what was it, uh, Darwin's Galapagos tortoise lived like 150 years or something crazy? Yeah, I think like the oldest one's like, yeah, 180 or something, like it, it's nuts. Yeah, there are lobsters people find that are like centuries old. Because they're deathless. That, yeah, that's not even counting counting whatever the heck is in the deep sea. <laughs> yeah, there are deathless jellyfish. So these things existed in the real world, they exist in this world, and those traits have been amped up for most animals. 
So animals are intuitive. They, they have a low-level empathic connection to humanity as a whole. Like, if you go out into the woods and encounter a bear, you're not going to get killed by a bear. The bear's going to hang out with you. It's going to sniff around you. It'll let you hang out with its cubs and stuff. It won't get super defensive, and it'll just let you leave. You know, if you fight it, it'll try to get rid of you and, like, run away, but it's not going to try and kill you. There are no animals that hunt man anymore. That stumped. They hunt each other. You know, lions still eat, you know, gazelles, but... You just walk, you know, if, if you're out where lions are, out on, you know, I don't know, somewhere in Oklahoma or somewhere in, I don't know, Egypt where there are lions, because why wouldn't there be now? Because the ecosystems are all messed up and skewed. They're not going to eat you. You're good. Where do lions live? I don't know. In zoos. Lions? Scary? Yeah. So I guess they live in Africa. Well, Africa's like the whole continent. Well, so yeah, I know. We narrowed it down a bit. Yeah. Egypt. It's not like Australia. It's... Africa, you know. But, in the uh, Lands. Yeah. Where do they live? In the lion zone. Hmm. Um, shoot, I have another thing. I got another thing. Like, animals are fine. You don't really have to worry about things. Oh, hostile environments. Hostile environments, because the world is now human-centric, are a lot more survivable. You can go into a desert and just survive. There are, like, burrows and caves everywhere for people. There are a lot more plants that give off water and food. There's a lot more shade. There, there's areas of deserts that have, like, block zones in the sky where, like, clouds gather that give, like, UV protection and stuff. It's a world that's an awful lot more convenient and an awful lot harder to die in. So that's the pitch for the haunted age, the world of monsters. Your pet is your pet. You know, people call your animal your pet. It's a dog, it's a cat. When it becomes supernatural, people call it a monster or a mon or whatever. And that's kind of the nomenclature. You know, it's your guy. People can have more than one. People don't usually lose them over time. What happens is kids will grow up, and as they grow up, they're, that, that sort of imagination you have when you're a kid starts to not, it doesn't go awake. Like, like adults aren't less creative and less imaginative and special than kids. That's some changeling first edition shit. <laughs> but like, as you grow up, the realities of the world enter into your mind and you understand them. You understand that there are limits to things, that yeah. there are things you shouldn't do. If you have a dragon that's 800 tons and breathes molten radioactive metal, by the time you hit 20, you're like, you know what? I'm on an apartment. You can't be this big. You're cracking the streets. That's a real inconvenience to people. Empathy. You can't be going around making things miserable for folk. And over time, that big 800 ton super dragon will get smaller, leaner, less radioactive, you know, less of an inconvenience. Maybe it'll become the size of like a bear or maybe a big dog. It'll still be magic. It's still a monster. It doesn't go back to being normal. But like, when you're a kid and you have that kind of rush of power, you're gonna outpace any other adult that's out there who still has their, their critter. Unlimited power. Yeah, there's, yeah. So there's this constant influx of new talent into the haunted age. You can't ever really conquer it. You Adults can't really control these monsters. They can't, like every time we pitch this game, some asshole talks about like government projects where they like lobotomize kids so they have like super monsters or whatever. None of that works. All of that intrinsically fails because it's not really based in science people understand and it isn't really super explorable with the state the world's in now. And just from a game designer point of view, that's not something the game's interested in exploring. That's heartlessly cynical and very 90s. But like, you're not gonna get dictators with like a monster army of kids conquering the world. That doesn't happen. If you have one guy who's really good for a long time, eventually his age is going to catch up with them and his monster will start to lose that spark and someone else is going to beat him. You can't do it forever. 
There's always new kids coming. There's always a new generation. You can't hold on to the future forever. Eventually you have to let go and let someone else take your job over, Boomer. It's time to leave the Neverland one day. Yeah, that's the turn for it too, when you finally kind of shake off that endless growth you have as a kid and start to kind of settle in. It's called leaving Neverland. There's a lot of slang like that that will uh, start to work into the game. So that's the pitch for the Haunted Age. That's the kind of bit there. One other notable thing, which isn't super important to the setting, but which is cute. Uh, kids don't swear anymore. Oh yeah, I was gonna bring that up in, uh, yeah, like, like, as a coping mechanism, because a lot of kids will just, when they're eight or ten, they got their pet, the world's not that dangerous, they'll just leave home. Their parents are like, hey, time for you to go on a cool journey, because we did when our parents kicked us out. We're not kicking you out, but you should do it, it's cool, it's fun, <laughs> you'll make a lot of friends and learn a lot of life skills. Do the way you can. Yeah, yeah ba just, basically yeah. that's how they learn. That's why everyone in the world nowadays, like all the grown-ups, know how to do more things on their own than they do currently. Like, people know how to bake and sew and all that stuff. Set a bone. Set a bone or like, gar like grow Break their own Break into vegetables. an electrical panel. Yeah, like Disconnect sorts, a power line. All sorts of that kind of stuff. They had to learn because they were out on their own. So... Yeah, that's, that's nice thing for you to learn. The haunted age is lived in. People live in cities, they have nice lives, they go to movies, they make stuff. It's not a post-apoc setting, but cities have become smaller and more concentrated, and like manufacturing centers had to come back locally, and like the world got replenished when the, the animals when the terraforming happened. So like mines and natural resources refilled automatically. So yeah, you might be living in a state that has a couple major cities in it, and it might have like a mine again, but the mine is fine. It's not like a backbreaking thing. They have automation for it. And like, they're building things to ship to other parts of the world that you don't have global manufacturing anymore. So you have specialization communities now. But like the greater world, the wider world, because cities got smaller, people kind of stopped urban sprawl and built upward and built more kind of locked in communities that were, you know, more closely knit. Um, you have like abandoned towns everywhere. You have signs of highways that aren't used. You have train yards and manufacturing centers and industrial areas that haven't been you know, touched in decades that are overgrown and have weird animals living in them. So the whole world's explorable. There's stuff out there to see and why not go when you're eight and just tour the world? You know, see everything there's to see in your state or province. Get a bunch of buddies, go on a summer vacation. <laughs> Education, like schooling and stuff is mostly online anyway. Are you apprentice or something? You know, you get your basics and they just go, hey, what do you want to do? We'll teach you. There's plenty of resources for it. Or maybe there's somewhere out in the world that knows something you don't. You want to go tutor under them. So you go, you know, across the continent. Yeah, and to clarify, um, there's not really global internet anymore, but like cities will have their own like intranet. Intranet. Uh, so that's how you do online learning. Um, yeah, there are ways to talk to the larger world. It's just not yeah. like totally, it's not like it is now. Yeah. It's more like Age of Sail, like, hey, we need to transport this around. Yeah. And, like, there are places, like, in this season, we'll talk about Skyhook, which has, like, a satellite uplake system and has real-time communication across the oh, world. Oh, money. Well, yeah, I kind of got into post-scarcity-ish. Abstract. Well, I was just saying, like, every place basically had their own kind of currency. Yeah, like, if, if they had currency. You kind of have to figure out how, how things work in every place you go to. Yeah, and for kids, they're a lot softer to kids. You know, help around town, do this, do that. There are tournament leagues for pets. There's rankings. There's being the best in the world. And there's, like, you know, all that kind of stuff. Getting sponsorship deals, being having a NASCAR driver uniform with all your different, like, uh, business sponsors on them. You know, so people know, hey, we should go to that town. You know, the, the, the champion, you know, had, was sponsored by the ice cream shop. When we go to that town, we should go to that ice cream shop. We might see the champion. 
That's all like a big thing nowadays. You know, making your community better if, uh, if you like it. If you like it. Else, you even go find somewhere else. Find a new community. Find more, find people that are your people. Um, and like, it's, it's the normal world. There's still the awful things in our world there. You know, all the big ones, murder, rape, um, slavery, uh, prison or whatever you want to call it. I almost call it This is exalted. <laughs> I but, mean. Like, it's there, but it's not the focus. And it isn't really the point of the game. Like, you can explore it if you want in your game, and that's fine and valid. I'm sure you'll find a great way to do it. But like, it's a softer world. It's meant to be stories about kids going on adventures, overcoming personal challenges, and maybe fighting back against a system that isn't listening to them because the adults are a little terminally unable to deal with their problems. It might also just be like, well not it might also, but yeah, if other people played the game, they would play it in a different city probably, and yeah, they can just make up whatever they want basically. And that's the point. It's supposed to be flexible <laughs> enough that if you want to say that, you know, you know, in our town or in our game or whatever, you know, it's still like total lockdown, there's like mayhem officers coming to take your pet away and stuff, it's a nightmare. You just do that. Why not? It's fine. Okay. Just don't be mean and don't be edgy and don't be needlessly cynical. That's pretty much what the game's going for. It's an optimism game. If you don't like optimism, I don't have to tell you. That's that's the pitch. <laughs> um, I'm interested in seeing if I can fold some aspects of this game with Monster Monster Care Squad because I think about <laughs> just going out and like nursing monsters back to health and not being super violent. It sounds so cute. So that's the one page. Um, we're using Cortex Plus. I kickstarted it a millennia ago, and like we got the backer PDF, and it looks really good for it. It's what Marvel Heroes based off of. We're enjoying it. I don't have a lot to say on it now because we're still shaking it out, and we have other games we want to try in it. But we'll have a full breakdown of the system eventually. But you're not really getting that now. This specific game, Journey to the West. The game starts in the ruins of Old Trana. The the kids are basically being hired or asked to take a train that's cutting across Canada, across the west, to a city on the west coast in a desert town called VLA, Very Large Array. It's a weird, welcome to Night Vale, desert, radio, alien, radio signal town, okay? It's supposed to be weird and spacey, and you're on a train taking supplies to it. Season 1 is supposed to be every episode is a town of the week, where we introduce you to the world a little bit more and a challenge there. Challenges are broken up into like green, blue, and red challenges that like change the context of what's going on. You'll pick that up pretty quick. Um, and then season two will be the city of Vila itself, which will be a sandbox. All the adventurers and other like monster trainers you've picked up along the way will be coming and showing up in Vila. And we'll do a bunch of sessions where it's just learning the town, learning the ropes, solving people's problems, seeing new exciting places. And a theoretical season three will be a worldwide or a countrywide monster, you know, like, like grand prize tournament to see like who's the best in the country. And that'll, that'll go across a bunch of exciting locations and there's badges like in Pokemon. It's a whole thing. So that's the premise for this specific game. So I think at this point we can go to characters and I'll start on the right with Peter. Peter, okay. rename your character or whatever, like restate them and just tell us about your character. So my character is the Shadow, and his monster is Teddy. Right? Okay, so you're going to hear about a lot of kids wearing weird costumes and having weird names. A cultural artifact of kids running away from home for a bunch of generations is they picked up fake identities. They, they put on costumes or they wear masks, it's called, where they just hide who they are and like adopt that identity as who they are now. And because the internet isn't really everywhere anymore, you can actually get away with that these days. And like 
just not be found. You just disappear and go away and hide your identity. So all the kids here have a mask or a persona that they've put on, and that's what you're hearing when you're talking about it. So sorry, Pete, the shadow. Yeah, the shadow. So he's uh, again 18 year olds. So that makes him an elder in this, you know, monster society. Yeah, 18 is is you're pushing it. 18 is pushing it for for sure. Once yeah. you hit above 18, they call you what's called ancient, and you know people are concerned about you because you're so old and you're still traveling. You still have a pet monster and stuff. And what's wrong with you? How, well, how long until they actually retire? <laughs> um, so yeah, his personal thing is that you know he's wearing a full-body Vantablack costume, so, you know, he's the shadow. And, yeah, on top of that, you know, he's just wearing normal clothes, so, like, you know, uh, trench coat, cargo pants, and so on, so on, being all lanky and what have you. Having some pockets. And, yeah, his monster is Teddy. He's, like, a small, pretty much hand-sized Chinese dragon that's all black, has a little sharp obsidian teeth and what have you, you know, long whiskers, all that stuff. And his power set is like mostly that he's a portal user, so he creates portals like in Portal the game. And he's got some other tricks as well. He's got some mind control powers that are like rarely used, but sometimes they are used like, hey, in case we need to get by like some other yeah. Like the snake from Robin Hood. Pretty much that. That was one of my previous uh, monsters in a game we played. Oh, yeah, Svengali. Yeah. <laughs> Svengali. So, yeah. And, you know, Shadow's backstory was that, you know, he was born to a, a parent that were trained themselves, that were pushing to the older age as well. And, you know, he was pretty much, you know, pushing that the whole lifestyle himself. That, you know, he should be trained, he should be, like, going to the leagues and so on and so on. So he's a little bit of a catch I guess, if that would be a term, that, you know, he's all focused on that, you know, well, leak tra- catch like Ash Ketchum. Yeah, he's like Ash Ketchum. Yeah. Yeah, we wouldn't use that term for copyright reasons, but yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, so he's into all training, leak stuff, you know, being that stuff, and he's very, you know, directly focused on that stuff, whereas other kind of more, you know, social, I will tell you, he's all about the ego ranking and what have you. So, I think that's roughly my character there. Yeah, that sounds good. Tyler? Okay, uh, I'm playing Jacqueline, who is also known as Lumberjane. And I'm aware that typically most kids only go by their masks, but Jacqueline is 16 and she's starting to get older and she's starting to age out of being a monster trainer. Mm -hmm. So she's identifying more and more with her real identity, which she uses when she interacts with adults or people who are not part of the monster world um, because she's just getting older um, and her monster is Cuddlefoot who is a Kotamundi that she keeps wrapped around her wrapped in a little sling uh, on her chest almost all the time uh, and Cuddlefoot is the absolute world to her she adores him she dotes on him he is a luck manipulating monster uh, but she doesn't like to risk him very often um, it's very rare that she'll actually put him into a fight. Um, she's more about protecting him on her own. And to that extent, she is willing to cheat. Yeah, you're a cheater. Yeah, I am, I am a dirty, filthy cheater. Um, and if I get forced or backed into having to be in a conflict, 
where I have to put Cuttlefoot out, I will do absolutely everything in my power to protect him and make sure that he is not injured or hurt in any way. Um, I'm very much a soft style trainer. Uh, Jacqueline looks like Wendy from Gravity Falls. She's tall. She's got long red hair. She wears a lot of plaid. Uh, she also carries around a baseball bat um, that she will use to defend Cuttlefoot if necessary. Um, and she is known for having frequent intense crushes on people, which uh, tend to occupy the full scope of her mind. So, yeah. And that is Lumberjane. Okay. Uh, I'm playing Falco. Uh, she's probably around 11, although she's lost track. <laughs> uh, basically, when she was a very small child, like a toddler, probably around four, uh, she was camping with her family, and they, her parents thought that she was napping. She wasn't. She saw a cute kitty outside, decided to follow it. Baby's Day Out. Yes, Baby's Day Out style, wandered into the woods chasing what actually was not a kitty. It was a scossum, which is a skunk and possum mixed together. Uh, and yeah, she got lost, ended up hanging out with that that uh, little empty for a while. And eventually... Well, that was it. You're right, right, right. So there is a, an official kind of slang that, that the adult generations and people call the monsters. They call them... Um, Empties, like the word empty, but it stands for Mars Terraforming Project, I think, like Empty or something, Mars Terraforming Creature. I don't remember what the what the short form was, but it's it's the letter empty, and it sounds like empty because like when the first generation was encountering these things wiping out the planet and they thought the world was gonna end, they're like, these things aren't even alive, they're empty, they're soulless, they're monsters created by science. <laughs> it just sort of stuck as a cute little, you know, thing about them. <laughs> I think it's called Mars Terraformers. I think that's just yeah. what it is. Um, Escaped but, Mars Terraformer. Ah. E-M-T. M-T. Yes. Um, and yeah, uh, that Scossum actually is not her monster. It's just one of the many that she hangs out with. Uh, this is where we have to introduce the mascot for our podcast. Yes. Uh, my main... Well, okay, I'll describe my character first, and then I'll go into what the uh, monster <laughs> yes. is. So, Thaco, once again, around 11... Fairly thin, fairly tanned, uh, where her clothes are. Uh, she wears a mask that uh, looks like it's made of metal, but it's probably actually just hard plastic. Uh, has a slit eye and a big under underbite jaw with like jagged teeth that the jaw actually hinges down so she can eat. And when she does so, you can see that she is actually quite pale under there because she doesn't take it off. Uh, she has a lot of big, kind of dirty blonde hair, and dirty blonde both meaning the color and the fact that it is not clean. Uh, it is woven through with wires and leaves and just colorful stuff that she thought was cool. Uh, Mitch high style. Yeah. Uh, she basically wears mismatch clothes that she's found. She has a large uh, like plaid shirt tied around her waist for when it gets cold. And yeah, a lot of her hair like kind of stands on end because it's so, you know, back combed basically and stuff. She's not like filthy, but she's definitely not like a house kid. <laughs> she, once, once she wandered off when she was a toddler, she did not go back home. She got lost, ended up raising herself and being raised by monsters. So 
Yeah, she's she's what people call in the world a feral kid, and that yes. happens sometimes. But it's actually double because uh, in the setting, feral kid normally just means a kid who didn't grow up in their home and grew up around instead a bunch of other lost kids, and like kind of went weird about it. Whereas my character is feral in the more traditional sense of having grown up around animals and not humans. Raised by actual wolves. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, I think that's all I have to say about what she looks like. So, oh, she doesn't wear shoes, of course. Um, my monster is called Scroogle. It is a, something called an eggy, which in this world is kind of a pest creature that tends to wipe out crops. I think, I think the, the, the rough, not translation, but the rough classification would be rat chicken. Right? Uh, they're... They don't look like it, but... Balls? Like they're... They're orbs. an orb like a beach ball. Yeah. Um, or a basketball. I'm not sure how big they're supposed to be. No they're way. like basketball sized. Yeah, basketball sized. They have stubby little like elephant feet. Yeah, packages uh, of legs. Yeah. Stubby little like elephant feet with like stubby little toenails. They're not sharp or anything. They have big wide mouths that go like almost all the way back to their head. Yeah, like the Mass Bruce Devon Galleons. They have capped teeth and like lips and stuff. Yeah, like basically human teeth. And they have long tongues and their bottoms are usually one color, usually brown or greenish. Their tops are usually spotted, brown and green or whatever. They're usually kind of camouflagey. Uh, but then they have like an anglerfish lantern on their head, like a stalk with a glowing ball on it. And it seems really silly that a creature would have this. But a prey it's, creature. Yes, because uh, they are definitely prey creatures. But it's actually kind of a built-in population control. Like They make themselves easy to eat because they constantly lay eggs and constantly eat. Yeah. Basically, if they don't get eaten, they will overpopulate, and it's just something that these animals kind of have. Evolution went weird and gave them anglerfish legs to keep their population down so they won't starve to death. Yes, yeah, basically. Well, like when they're running away, they'll drop eggs behind them so that the predators won't the eggs. Yeah. <laughs> they're real dumb, and they get into everything, and they like bite. Like, they don't, they'll bite you, but they won't hurt you, but they'll like lick things and drool on stuff. And they just, like to chew on stuff. They chew. Also, they're chewing animals. <laughs> also, they do not have eyes or noses or any discernible. It's a basketball with a mouth on a hinge with little legs, and they run real fast on the eggs. Yes. It's a mouth breather. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that's what eggies are generally. They might breathe through their skin. Like quiet. But then, <laughs> on the oh my gosh. Then, on the other hand, uh, there's mine, Scroogle, which is green on the bottom and purple on the top with orange spots. Uh, basically, um, apostatism? Apostates? Like, they're against the church? <laughs> no, the word where you Heresy. make yourself colorful as a warning to bad guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember what the word is now. Toxic colors. Are yeah, it starts with an A, but whatever. Um, hmm? It's not important. Go yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're very bright colored, and they can stretch. So basically my character goes scroogle and he gets longer and longer and longer and more legs start coming out and from his mouth out comes like uh, awesome hands. Yeah, like 
three sets of like possum arms that are also like furry. They're all folded up in his cheek pouches. Yeah, and they unfold and he crawls around and he has a really good bite. Uh, he also has healing. That's his main... The, the inspiration for Scroogle is long furbies. Google yes. long furby. Yes. Um... Google image search. <laughs> it was like a little nubby nubby boy or something like that. What'd you just say? There was a game like 10 years ago called Nobby Nobby Boy. Oh, yeah, that was made with the creator of Katamari Gamatsu. Yeah. And yeah, uh, that's what he looks like. Uh, I don't think there's anything else. I think he's bigger than a normal Eddie, but yeah. Yeah, well, he's supernatural, so he's swelled in size. Yeah. So. Wait. Because oh. I also have Paschetti, that original Scossum that I ran away and hung out with, and the Swarm. Which are basically a bunch of other trash animals. Rats, possums. Yeah, rats, possums, lots of scossums, other other eggies. Uh, a lot of them are actually just Paschetti's children. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, they're they look like that. They just look like normal animals. animals. Yeah, they just look like normal animals. Scossums are just a creature that exists in this world. Eggies are just a creature that exists. Exactly. Um, only Scroogle is like supernatural in any way. The other ones are just normal just animals. Highly well trained and they're like a family unit. Exactly. Paschetti is a lot bigger. It's like big enough for her to ride. Yeah. <laughs> the baseline intelligence for animals in the haunted age is like starts at crow and octopus for every animal and goes up from there. Yes. As far mm -hmm. as problem solving and complex things go. Yeah. And yeah, healing is my character's main. Yeah, just throws up and like spits on people and licks them and stuff. I think it's actually just the orb that glows. Oh, it looks like a little glow light. Yeah, it is just it's just a healing aura with its glow ball. But I mean, he definitely does eat, like lick and like bite people while he's doing it. Spinning so. a web by throwing up resin like the xenomorphs <laughs> do to build a nest. I'm just saying. Thanks, Steven. It's actually the orb that does it. People don't necessarily know that because it definitely will be licking you when it's doing it. <laughs> Alright, so uh, Mark and Kevin were playing, but they had to drop out, so you'll hear them in like the first few episodes, but then they're gone. Um, other than that, I think that's everything, right? Um, I think so. You covered masks when I was yeah. playing? Yeah, I thought so. Alright, intros are always really hard just because we have to talk about all these baseline things, because yeah. we promised mm. in the first episode that we record before the intro. And... I think that's everything, though, so... Do you want to talk about why, like, how we got together? I already did that. Okay. Okay. Um... Alright, well, I was Devin. Nicole. Tyler. And Peter. And this is sponsored by Nobody. Signing off. <laughs>